Hi everyone, quick comment before today's episode. Um, when I created the uh, the game clock, the play clock cards uh, to distribute to everyone to, to help everybody get get comfortable with the new rules. Um, I had a number of people ask if there was a way they could contribute um, to the production of those cards or, or to the podcast in some way. And I didn't I didn't have anything. I certainly didn't want to just take people's money left and right. Um, uh, because I, I do it to help other officials. But uh, I, I decided I did want to give away that if somebody wanted to contribute something to the materials like that or, or to the to the costs it takes to put this podcast on the platforms that you can listen to it on, um, I, I, I decided I would go ahead and, and make that available to anyone who wanted to contribute. It's absolutely not required. If I get nothing, this podcast will continue. Um, but I wanted to make it available to everyone. So there's a website called Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. So patreon.com slash Friday Night Stripes. If you go there, you'll, um, you'll find that you can contribute as little as a dollar a month. Um, if you don't want to do it monthly, if you want to do it one-time thing, that's absolutely fine, except that Patreon doesn't really do it that way. So the way you have to do it is you have to sign up for that amount monthly and just include in the notes that you want to do it only for one month. And I will and we'll make sure that you get canceled after one month and that you don't get charged for more than one month of it. Um, and if you do for some reason, um, I will, will I will certainly uh, refund that. So um, just wanted to, to make this available to anyone who wanted to contribute. Um, I'll, I'll leave this. Uh, I'll put this recording um, at the beginning of a couple different episodes throughout the season. And if you want to contribute, feel free. And if you don't, please enjoy the, the podcast. It will continue anyway. So again, that's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash Friday Night Stripes. Thanks, everyone. One comment for just this episode. I apologize for the quality of the uh, recording. Um, I did not realize it was using a different... Um, microphone so apologies enjoy hi everyone don here thanks for listening to friday night stripes um a couple things before we get started one uh going to give you a number you can call to leave a voicemail uh, if you want to contribute a question a comment a particular play to review um during uh one of the review episodes we're going to do um that number is 407 588 seven two two four um again if you just want to give it a call leave a message with uh whatever your comment was and then if you leave your name uh go ahead and tell me if you want your name set stated on the on the podcast or not um that way i can give you credit for your question or comment uh, again that number is four zero seven five eight eight seven two two four um so today's going to be the first of the review episodes uh, season started here in Florida and I know in a number of other states as well. Um, we had our uh, preseason games where we had two teams, two opposing teams, opposite sides, but the results don't count. Um, so players were playing just about as hard as they will in the regular season. It just was a matter of um, the, the wins, the losses, the points don't matter. So. Um, 
that's what we had in Florida. I, I heard from a couple other officials uh, in other places that were doing scrimmages and, and other games. Uh, so one to do this first review episode to go over a few situations that came up. Uh, and I hope to do this throughout the season. Uh, the more situations I get from everyone, the better this will be. So uh, please uh, contribute. Um, if you can, you can you can call the number I gave at the beginning, 407-588-7224. Or you can send me an email at hello at FridayNightStripes.com. Or you can uh, send me a, a message on Twitter, either through public Twitter or direct message me on Twitter. Um, you can also leave a note on the Facebook page as well. Um, numerous ways to contact if you want to contribute a, a, a comment or a play. So the first one I wanted to go over um, was a, a comment, uh, not, not a comment, but something that is going to become more prevalent with the 40-second clock. And I believe I, I covered this when we talked about the 40-25 clock. Um, one of the teams that I had recently runs a no-huddle offense. So what we had was we had uh, the widest receiver going down the field, running a fly pattern, and then jogging back up the field and getting in his position, waiting for the, the coach to call the play from the sideline. What he never did is he never got inside the numbers um, in order to establish himself as a player. And one of the things I want to do is I want to read the relevant rule on that because it was a discussion I, I had with the coach just after halftime. Um, I was telling him that the, the player had to get inside um, the numbers. And he argued with me it, it wasn't worth the argument at the time. It wasn't worth enforcing it at the time, um, but it, because I wanted to go back and double-check after the game and then enforce it when the games became real. So um, here, here's what we have. We have, um, we have Rule 7-2-1, uh, and what it says is, after the ready for play, each player of A who participated in the previous down and each substitute for A must have been momentarily between the nine-yard marks before the snap. So that's just saying that at some point between the ready for play, which with a running 40-second clock is usually when the official spotting the ball, spots the ball, and steps away, that's when it's ready for play. Between then and the snap, all 11 players participating at the snap must be between the numbers at some point, momentarily. That receiver was never crossing the numbers. Um, even had a couple times where they, they ran a substitute in and he didn't get all the way to the numbers. In every single case, there was a defender covering the receiver. So I did not see a significant advantage. If I'd seen a significant advantage, I absolutely would have flagged it. Um, but I did not see a significant advantage, so I let it go. Um, so that was the first one I wanted to cover, was make sure that, uh, especially in these no-huddle offenses, all players are going between the numbers. Check with your associations and, and so on and so forth to make sure how strictly they want it enforced. But I brought it up with our association leadership, and they said, yes, give the coach a warning, talk to the coach, but if they don't get it fixed, drop the flag, and it's a five-yard illegal formation penalty. Um, the second one came in uh, from another official. He was talking about goal line crashes, and this can be a crash of a, of a line to gain as well. 
Um, and what he was saying was he had a goal line play on his side where the running back came in, came to his side, and clearly scored the touchdown, clearly crossed the goal line before he was down. Um, so our official in question crashed in and gave a touchdown signal. Um, what he wrote about is he said that his part, members of his crew said that they prefer to see that an official check with the other officials and then give the signal. And, and some of his crew said he did it the right way. Um, my response to him was, I believe he did correctly. If he was truly 100% sure and he needed no help with it, then he's, he saw the play. He's the, he's the covering official. He can give the signal. Um, where it's going to bite them is if the, the off-side official, for some reason, marks him down short. Then, then you've got a conflict of signals, and they're going to have to work that out. But I told him if he if he feels he clearly saw the whole play and he had the the ball crossing the goal line without being down, um, then he's got a touchdown. He should signal it. Um, so I'd, I'd love to hear others' opinions on that. Hit go ahead and hit me up uh, on the voicemail on the on email, on Twitter, on Facebook. I'd, I'd love to hear how others handle that. Um, one I'm going to cover that I personally have trouble with, and this is one I, I had a, an issue with pre earlier. Um, on punt plays, as a wing official, I'm trailing, I, I'm, I'm chasing the punt, and I see a block in the back. I see it clear as day. I know exactly which team did it by color of jersey. However, Friday night and previously in, on other nights, I've done this multiple times, I will go report the foul incorrectly. I'll, I'll report it as the receiving team. And, and I don't know what my mental block is just yet. I haven't quite figured out what the mental block is. Um, I said, no, I see, I just messed it up right there. I report it as the kicking team, and I don't report it as the receiving team. Because the receiving team is going to be the one doing the block in the back 99% of the time. Because they're the ones freeing their returner for, um, for the return. So I'll go in and I'll report it as the kicking team. I know exactly which color jersey did it, but I get turned around on punts, and I can't remember which one's kicking, which one's receiving. So sometimes I'll cheat and I'll say um, on black or on green or whatever color jersey it is and, and let the referee uh, work, work that out. That's not the optimal way to uh, report the foul. So I think in thinking about it and preparing for this episode, I think what I've come up with is because the blocker of the returning team is running opposite the direction of the return because he's running with the gunner it somehow messes with my head and I can't I can't quite wrap the, my brain around reporting that that's the receiving team um, I'm hoping that by telling everyone here that it's going to stick in my head and it won't be a problem in the future but I absolutely know that it's happened in the past um, Another play that, that's happened recently, um, and, and I've had this, again, through, throughout time, pretty much, for, for the whole time I've been doing it, is a disagreement 
on spots between the two wing officials. And those are the only two I'm really concerned about because anybody else that has a spot as a wing official, I'm, I'm perfectly happy to overrule them if I think I got a better spot. Um, but we're talking about a play where the play goes away from me, but not all the way to the sideline. It's 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 a off tackle play, and so the other wing official has the better is closer, um, but he will mark it a yard too for, too forward or a yard yard too much back. Um, most of the time, I see it as a yard too much back because he's not accounting for forward progress when a player gets pushed. Um, and usually if it's a yard and it's not a significant yard, it's not a yard that that changes whether it's uh, a line to gain or not, um, I'll usually let it go if he's the closer official. But again, I feel like I had a good view of where his forward progress is and I'm certain of where the forward progress is. I just don't know where the line is in coming in and being inch perfect on it. Is it worth it for half a yard? Is it worth it for a yard? Is it worth it for two yards? Where is the boundary as to when it's worth it to call timeout, come in, and correct the spot? And I don't know what the right answer is there. I think yard is about as far as I want to let it go. And again, only if it's an insignificant yard. And there are no such things as insignificant yards, but I, I think everyone knows what I'm talking about. Um, so again, if, if you've got input on that, I'd, I'd love to hear uh, others' input. I'm actually going to post that one to the, uh, to the Facebook group that, that I'm in as well, the NFHS Football Officials Facebook group. If you're not in it, it's a great place to learn. Um, another one that came in from uh, another official, Ryan, uh, sent in a note. And he was saying uh, he, he's a new official, just started, um, had their had scrimmages uh, this past week, had, had a good time. Uh, he said what he's taken to doing is he's taken to taking notes after the game um, as a way of improving. And I, I told him that was excellent. I actually have struggled with uh, getting a notebook and taking notes after a game because I don't, I don't know when to do that. I'm not going to sit in my car in the school parking lot and take notes um, instead of getting out of there. By the time I get home, I usually want to get a shower. By the time I get a shower, I'm usually done. And I don't want to take notes the next day because then I've forgotten things. You need to get them in the moment. So what I've tried doing this season, it's worked both times, both, uh, both times I've had games so far this season, is I'll pick up my phone and turn on the voice recorder um, on the drive home. And then I'm talking to, I'm just, I'm just having a conversation at that point. I, I'm just talking to the phone, uh, recording all my thoughts. And that seems to work well for me. Um, if others have, have ways that they, uh, they take their notes, I, I'd love to hear those. Um, final one I wanted to cover was um, a play I had recently that I want to see video of, and I'm still waiting to get the video of it. Um, had a pass play down my sideline, and I don't, I, to, I cleared full transparency here. I don't know where I was looking, and I don't, uh, and that's why I want the tape, is I want to see where I was looking, because what we had was we had the, the targeted receiver and two defenders covering the targeted receiver. The two defenders were chasing the receiver. I turn and look, and I see 
the receiver going down and one of the defender's arms reaching out like they had pushed. Did I see the push? No. But what I saw was I saw the receiver go down and I saw what what looked like a push, uh, uh, the, the follow-up to a push. So that's on me for calling pass interference when I did not see the full action. And hopefully I'm going to get the tape and I'm going to see it actually was pass interference and I'm going to get lucky. Um, but I don't want to get lucky in the future. I want to get it right. So A, I want to know where I was looking um, and B, I want to know what caused him to go down because it's unlikely his feet got tangled because the defenders did not stumble in any way. Um, so it's not like they stunt, they, they collided feet with him. So I, I'm, I'm anxious to get that tape because that's when I want to review and, and get, a, get, get correct. But it, 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 the right mechanic there is if you don't see it, don't call it. But boy, all the, all the fingerprints were all over it for, for a pass interference and I felt I had to call it. And I can live with being wrong um, in that instance because everything looked like it was, except I didn't see the actual interference. That's that's complete, honest mistake on my part. I should not have dropped the flag. Um, I should have just eaten the fact that I didn't see it, been honest about it, and just let it go. But that that's a tough one to let go. So... Um, uh, once I get the tape, I will analyze it and I will let everyone know what I find out um, because uh, that, that's, that one's going to bother me. Other than that, um, had, had, a, had a great game. Um, had, it was an enjoyable game and uh, I look forward to a lot more. So um, that's all the points I had for this review episode. Again, if, uh, if you have plays or comments or questions that you want to contribute, um, send me an email to hello at FridayNightStripes.com. Leave a voicemail at 407-588-7224. Or just um, hit, hit me up on Twitter or on Facebook. Um, and I, I'd love to include uh, what you see out there. That's the way we all learn is, is from hearing these situations that we all know we're going to run across at, at certain points. So thanks everyone for listening. And... Have a great season.